Imagine this, you are finally able to board your long awaited flight. As you reach down to pick up your luggage to put it in the overhead compartment, you witness the compartment's door slam shut in front of you. As the shock starts to wear off, it quickly returns once you realize that the flight attendant is standing in front of you with his hand on the door and a smirk on his face. He proceeds to inform you that this area that you're standing in front of is for first class passengers only. In response to his insinuation that you did not belong there, you politely pull out your boarding card to confirm that you indeed do belong. Seat 1B, it is yours. Diverse family travel representation is paramount in not only making Black families feel welcomed and comfortable to travel, but most importantly, to remind those who work in the travel industry that Black families do belong. We belong in first class. We belong at the luxury hotel. We belong anywhere in the world that our hearts desires. As a family with two black boys, this is one of the greatest gifts that I can give to them. The knowledge and confidence to know that they do indeed belong. Welcome to the Roaming the Earth podcast. I am your host, Drea Castro, and today I am here with Marquita Right. Marquita is the traveling twin mama, traveling the world with her twin two-year-old boys. In their two years of life, they've been on over 25 trips and visited five countries. Her goal is to provide tips and inspiration to help women and families travel smarter. She believes the world is our oyster, so let's explore it. Thank you so much for being here, Marquita. Thank you. Thank you. I want to know more about that excerpt in the beginning. It was such a poignant excerpt that you wrote recently. I don't know if you heard the last podcast that I I posted, but it was with Mary and she talked about traveling while being a black woman. So I want to hear about that experience because, you know, I have a different experience being a Filipino, being a brown Asian, as I call myself. But what is it like for you and what does that excerpt mean to you? So um, that excerpt came from a girl, her name is Jessica Lee. She does family travels. <laughs> Isn't that good? Um, and she wanted like different black family travelers to write different things in her blog post to make a blog post together. And I just clearly remember. So, I mean, I, I try travel a lot. So like, I, you know how they give you the memories or whatnot. And I saw in Delta, um, last year, 2019, I was like in the 15 percentile of the top business travelers, right? So I get upgraded all the time on Delta. And I just remember like on the phone with my friend, you know, I always bored last because I get there at the last minute trying to put my stuff up. And this man had the audacity to slam this in my face. And I'm like, and when I say slam, he like, and I'm just like, and he puts his hand over and I was like, this is for first class only. So oh, hold on. My Lord. Say, oh ma'am, Miss Wright, Miss Wright. Oh, please, Miss Wright, have a seat. And all during the flight, do you need an extra drink? Do you need an extra this? Do you need an extra that? Yeah, because I am diamond platinum or diamond medallion. And if I write a letter about how rude your ass was, you would be handed to you. And so he was like kissing up 
the whole flight. And I'm just like, just because I look young, I'm probably look younger than I really am because I'm black and plus I'm a woman. You think I don't belong in first class. What would make you slam this door in front of my face and tell me that this is first class only? No shit. It's the first row. No shit. It's the first row of the plane. Like you're not telling anybody anything new. Everybody knows the first row is not for you. It's such an interesting thought process because I, I actually recently had a similar situation happen to me. Not really? with traveling. Yes. I am a photographer, right? And I was working on this set <laughs> recently. So I pulled up in a Tesla and this girl, she goes, D why do you drive that Tesla? Or how did you get a Tesla? And I was like, what do you mean? How did I get a Tesla? I'm literally a photographer. <laughs> like I'm literally like a producer. But uh, but I'm pretty sure if I was a, a white man, it would be a different conversation. I just don't like, what do you mean how? So what I did is I went to the Tesla place and they showed me the <laughs> options, right? So like, what do you really want to know? Like the different options that they showed me, why I chose this particular vehicle. Why do I like white? You know, like, why do I like this color? Of the, that has to be what you're asking me. You have to be the process of buying a fucking Tesla unless you want to your ass. <laughs> because I'm a boss bitch. <laughs> I literally said that. I was like, Girl, I was like, what is the matter with you? Is, I don't even understand. What is how? Are you, like, how? What do you mean, how? Yeah. And the thing is, if I was a white male. Oh, yeah. you Because you deserve it. That. If you were a white male. Yeah. Sir, oh, man, can I give you, can I take your coat? What What do you want to drink? Exactly. Exactly. But because we're, we're you're black and I'm brown and like I'm Asian, like all of a sudden, you know. <laughs> And that, and, and that is so key where I want my boys to know that they belong and don't shy away anytime somebody tries to intimidate you or suggest that you don't because you belong any and everywhere that anybody else belongs. You do belong. Exactly. Exactly. Woo, girl. That's why I want it. <laughs> With that said, what does travel mean to you? For me, travel is life, especially now that I am not able to travel as much as I want to. I realize how big of a part of my life that it is. It's such an amazing teacher, but it's also a, a mirror that helps reflect who you are, what you like to do, and and, and the experiences that you need. I, I, I've realized now that I thrive on new experiences and I learn the best by experience. I, I'm more myself when I'm experiencing new people, new things, new places. Um, and so for me, travel, travel is life for me. It is like running through my veins. It runs through my veins too. <laughs> Guys, I wake up every day and I go, oh, I wish I was somewhere else or I wish I was here. Or, I wish I was experiencing this or meeting these people or meeting that person or going here. It just I'm constantly thinking about it. And people make it seem as if like you're ungrateful or unsatisfied with your life or something or like your current place that you're at. But it's not a dissatisfaction. I love my family. I love where I'm at. I just like new things. I love new experiences. I like to be uncomfortable. I like change. That is why they hired me because I am adaptable 
And that's why I want my kids to travel because they need to learn how to be adaptable. Everybody else is scared of new stuff. I love it. Give it to me. Let's try it. You're like my my uh, my kindred spirit. Like <laughs> you're like yes, yes. <laughs> it's funny because yeah, I think a lot of people go, well, aren't you grateful for what you have or whatever? No, I am. And actually, to be honest with you, traveling helps me to be really grateful and really appreciate the things that I have and the differences of life that I go through and, and appreciating both sides of that coin. And it also, for me, travel is incredibly, incredibly healing. It helps me put everything in perspective. It helps me to be present so that when I come home from an amazing trip, it helps me to go, all right, well, let me be present right now. It reminds me of those incredible life lessons that you forget when you're in the grind, you know? <laughs> And it helps you also survive the grind. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how I would have survived six months at home with two kids if I didn't have the experiences that I had to remind myself, like, this is just a moment in life, Marquita. You've had all these amazing experiences and looking through pictures and like, oh, remember when it just it was it was the little money in the bank. Like every time I travel, the little money in the bank to help me help me live every day. Your clubhouse profile says the world is your oyster. So let's explore it. What do you mean by that? I mean, the world has so much beauty and so many awesome experiences to have and to learn and to know. And I live in New Orleans and you'd be surprised how many people have never left like Orleans Parish, <laughs> like, you know, or you, just the city. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like New Orleans is great. It is. But there is so much more than New Orleans. There is so much more than America. Right. And I think a lot of Westerners and Americans for sure just need to get out there and, and see your way is not always the right way. There's a, there's more than one way to skin a cat and some people do it better than you do. You're right. Like New Orleans is great, but there's so much more to explore, even within the country. Yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I see that you travel a lot internationally, too. But this year in particular, because of COVID, I've been doing a lot more exploration within the country. And the U.S. is so amazing. Have you gone anywhere? Yeah, so we've, I think I did seven domestic trips this year. Um, Damn, girl. <laughs> I just, Where are you going? Where are you going? I can't see. And it's usually like I'm exploring a lot of the Gulf, right? So like, I'll just be like, okay, let's find the closest beach. We're going to go to Biloxi. Oh, we're going to go to Gulf Shores. We're going to go to Destin. We're, you know, this weekend, we're going to Lafayette, Louisiana. <laughs> like, you know, so no place that's like, you know, because I live in New Orleans and there's not much in driving distance with two two-year-olds that I really want to do. Um, so we just go to like small cities and see what they have going on and trying to explore. I think the biggest surprise was Blue Ridge, Georgia. It is absolutely gorgeous. Like the mountains and they have a beach there. The food is great. Um, you can go to the highest point in Georgia and see where South Carolina, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Georgia all intersect. Um, so, yes, yeah, so many gyms in the United States that if the borders were open that I would not have taken advantage of. Yeah, exactly. And this year I went to Idaho. I went to Montana. And 
Oh my God. Highly recommend. Uh, and Wyoming. And actually, all places I want to go. Oh my God. You have to go. Wyoming is amazing. Like I highly recommend if anybody has families, Wyoming is great. Like the Grand Tetons, if you're into nature, but also ha have a combination of convenience. The Grand Tetons is exactly that. You, something that if you want to go somewhere with your family, that is such an amazing place that you can experience both the mountains, but then also have this l beautiful town. Jackson Hole is amazing. So definitely, definitely highly recommend that, Marquita. <laughs> She's writing it down. She's writing it down. Because I was literally, because we're trying to go skiing in like Utah, like their COVID rate is too high for me to go right now. Uh, <laughs> Like, where else can I go? And so I looked, I literally looked at Wyoming, Idaho, and even like New Mexico, because they do some, but all the flights were super expensive. And it's like a three hour drive from any major airport. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Jackson Hole has an airport right there. Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And that town is so beautiful and classy. And the food is incredible. They have some very, very great classy cuisine. And the range of prices can be incredibly high if you want to go eat something really, really beautiful and, and expensive. But then you can also get some like, you know, you can just get your like chill, chill out cheap food as well. So you have that option and it's right outside of the Grand Tetons and you have the view of the Grand Tetons. Like, let me tell you, I, like my entire, you know, adult life, I've always loved Death Valley. That's always been my uh, favorite national park. But then this year I went to the Grand Tetons and I completely changed my mind. That that place, I fell in love with it. It was just so amazing. I, you got to go, especially in the summertime. So highly recommend that. But what about you? I know you've traveled a lot. What's it like to travel as a mom? So as a mom, traveling is being a mom. So like for me, I always say that my two-year-olds are going to be a two-year-old, are going to be two-year-olds no matter where we're at. So I would prefer that they be two somewhere that they're learning, that they're exploring, that we have like the freedom just to, you know, you know, break away from every day instead of them being two at our house watching Lippy for the 50th time and destroying my living room. Like, <laughs> so I'm so more stressed being at home. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Being at home with my kids than when I'm out and about. I think my kids just, they love new people. They love learning. They love exploring. But at home, they just, they're ready to turn up and destroy the place. So like, <laughs> So being out and about is just, it is a lot more relief and it, it it's worth it. But you kind of have to put yourself in that mind frame of, yeah, they may do whatever, but they do it at home too. So what's the difference? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So how do you mitigate that, you know, having a two-year-old and then being on the road? I think so, so my kids started traveling when they were four months. So I kind of I did calculations for something else that I was uh, doing. And literally it, it would. So they've been on 25 trips and they're 33 uh, months. That means every six weeks they've been on a different trip. Right. So for them, travel is life like they literally, <laughs> you know, you got to wear your mask on a plane. So I gave them a mask, one of the boys and here in the house because I, I was cleaning out my purse or something. So I had to, he was like, oh, my mask. So I gave him his mask and he said, oh, I'm going to the airport. So like he literally 
things like mass means airport. So it's just a, a part of their life. So I would recommend any parent that wants to travel with their kid, travel while they're young, like travel before they're two because it's free to fly. It hits different when you got to pay for the ticket. So get them used to it, get them acclimated um, to travel. And then they know the reward. So it's like, Marley, you got to put on your mask. So then you can go to the airport. And he's like, ooh, airport, ooh, airplane. Oh, and we get here, we get to see the elephant. So like they understand I have to do these things in order to enjoy travel. I think also realizing that I think a lot of people don't want to travel is because they're so concerned what other people are going to think. But that's the same thing about, you know, going to the grocery store, getting your kids haircut or going to the dentist. I mean, the, the kids are kids no matter where they're going to be. And people usually understand that, especially parents. So you always get someone to help like on the plane. You know, I'm walking in with two kids. I'm giving one to the flight attendant and the flight attendant. <laughs> Walking down the aisle with one and now then they come back like in the middle of the flight and bring the kids cookies. So it's just people help you. And most people are very accommodating and very open and be like, oh, I see them. They need help. How can I help? Where are some of the locations that you've traveled with your kids? What are some of the countries that you've traveled to? So our favorite is Thailand for sure. Um, Chiang Mai, it's just beautiful. I think I would move there if I could. Uh, they've been to Amsterdam, Paris, Costa Rica, and Puerto Rico. Wow. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you went to Thailand with your kids. That's amazing. I'm loved it. Because first of all, the Thai people thought that they were like God's gift to earth. So literally these these one year one year old boys in their strollers and all of the Thai people kept waving at them. So they would walk through the airport in their strollers just waving at people. Like they thought they were like the princes of Thailand or something. Oh my God, that is so funny. (laughs) Can you talk about that to go back to traveling to Thailand? Like how did you prepare for that trip? So let me tell you. <laughs> so I traveled for work, right? So that trip, I'm, I think I am crazy. So I was in India right, for work. And I was like, we might as well use, since my company has paid for me to go to India, might as well figure out a way to do an Asia Pac country because none of my family have gone. And I'm like, Thailand is an easy way to push people into Asia Pac. Thailand, perfect. So I convinced my husband and his aunt to fly with the twins to India by uh, to, to Thailand by themselves. And I will meet them in Thailand from India. Oh. <laughs> So I prepare everything, right? So I booked the flights. I got them the the little cares harness so that the kids can like just plug in into the seats. Um, I've showed them how to use. I got them the GB pocket stroller, which allows you to really fold up the, the stroller and go in the overhead compartment so they didn't have to worry about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, bags for the car seats to just drop them off. Like I called the airline, like make sure th- one thing goes to the another. I know this is Delta and we're going to go on China Air. Like I, I set up everything for them, right? Like packed everything. They were ready to go. I'm in I'm in Delhi and I get a call like we can't board the flight. Was it because of China Air? <laughs> you say who? And I'm like, he's like, 
Pat's name, his aunt, is, you know, is hyphenated. You only have the one last name. You don't have her name hyphenated. So they won't let us on the plane. What? And the plane has left. Was it was it China Air? So yeah, it was China Air. Exactly. They wouldn't let him on the plane because the the, the, the hey, China Air. I have so many stories. Because the the on the passport is hyphenated. The the ticket was not hyphenated, right? And then we bought the tickets through Expedia. So China Air said that they can't change it because it's through Expedia. Expedia says that they can't change it because it's through China Air. I am literally. And now I'm in the car, woke up, I'm, I'm woken up, I'm in the car driving from Delhi to Agra to go see the Taj Mahal that like Wi-Fi and internet service is going in and out. And I'm like trying to call Expedia, like, fuck what you mean? Y'all gonna get together. Do you hear me? <laughs> like, I'm trying to be nice, but <laughs> they have already flown to New York. So they're from New Orleans to New York. Sitting at the airport, make a long story short, finally get it together a thousand dollars later. Seven oh. hours, they're able to get new tickets and get them on the plane to Thailand. Luckily, my husband and his aunt are the nicest, calmest, sweetest, understanding people on earth. Because it was my family, we probably been in jail because we done tore JFK up because they wouldn't let us on the flight. So like, luckily, for real. <laughs> luckily, it was him and his aunt who are very sweet and very kind and understanding. But I, I wasn't a, I was a part of it from the like you know the ex- extremeter, um, just trying to figure out what's going on and calling them. But they were the ones in JFK for seven hours with two two year olds. Do not do not get China Air. All right. So do you have any fears when you go travel with your kids? I really don't. But even in the beginning? um, Okay. Uh, The only fear that I really had was that I was I remember I was flying with the boys alone and a lady was um she was uh, baby wearing her kid, right? And she was about to board the flight. Gave the lady that her ticket to get on the flight. <laughs> the kid literally vomited all over her. And she's wearing the baby. So that means the vomit is like in her shirt, in his clothes. Vomit's coming down between the, like the baby carrier. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> Uh, so like that, that is my biggest fear of like poop, pee, blow out, throw up. And I don't have a change of clothes or something like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Uh, so that would be the biggest one. Now they're old enough that most of that stuff is under control right now. It's with COVID. So I have traveled internationally since COVID. Okay. And their birthday's in March. And I was like, okay, we can do like, they've traveled, they've flown. I've traveled internationally twice. Like I got this. I'm good. And then this whole January 26th thing comes where now you have to be COVID tested to get back in the United States. So now I'm just like, do we risk it? Do, do I 
do I, because I've traveled alone, do I travel alone without them internationally? Whether if I get tested and it comes back positive and I have to stay in this country for 14 days without my kids, whether if I do take them and then somebody tests positive and then we still have to stay in the country for four, like all of these thoughts right now. So I'm just like, okay, I guess it's domestic until I can wrap my head around the risk and the opportunity of having to take a COVID test to get back in the U.S. That's a new thing. I didn't know that. Wait, yeah, what is this? What is this thing? On Tuesday. On Tuesday, now every single person who comes back who is taking a flight into the continental U.S. must have a negative COVID test within 72 hours. So that means if you go to Guatemala or you board your flight, you better find a place to take a COVID test that will give you um, the results within three hours. I mean, within three days. I'm sorry, within 72 Ooh. hours. So either, but the good thing is that you can do an antigen test. So it can be the rapid test, but okay. then the other thing, like rapids, rapids do a lot of false negatives too, or false positives. I know. So I looked that I would get like a false positive and I don't have COVID, but I get stuck in another country for 14 days. Oh my God. Um, imagine. So that's what I'm nervous about right now. Oh my God. Okay. So gosh that's crazy so how did you how did you travel out of which countries did you travel out of during this whole covid year you brought your kids so i traveled to tulum by myself and then okay. i traveled to jamaica with my husband okay so you didn't go with your kids we flew to miami with them so they have flown and they did okay. really well have you faced any challenges while traveling with them and i want to know like the journey of like all right i'm taking this risk to travel with my kids i've never done it before to now where you are now where you feel com completely comfortable like did you ever have any you know fears did you face any challenges and how did you learn from those challenges yeah so the first trip that they took was at four months and we were going to Milwaukee. We were going to my hometown. So I think that made it a little easier yeah. um, because I have to think about once I got their stuff. But before then, before we took the flight, I think I researched so many blogs, so many websites on what, what to pack, what to bring, how to prepare for the airport. Do I need to, you know, buy extra seats for them, how to carry the kids. So I did do a ton of research the first time um, we went to uh, Milwaukee. That was their first trip ever at four months. And then I did a trip at five months to Puerto Rico. And then I did a trip at six months to Amsterdam and Paris. So like those three months, I, I think it was like my my learning curve, let's say, where um, I just went, you know, kept learning like, okay, so for example, when we went to Paris, that's when I realized the double stroller just is not a good thing to travel with when you're trying to get on public transportation. I, yeah. I honestly just remember boarding the train from Amsterdam to Paris. So you have to I have a double stroller. So I got to take car seats out so the kids are in the car seat take both car seats out then I gotta take all the crap that we had loaded underneath the stroller like in the carriage bin take all that out fold up this heavy ass stroller literally the stroller is like 30 pounds I think 20 or 30 pounds climb it up into <laughs> into the train get the kids put them in the train get oh. our luggage that on the train in the midst of a stop this is all 
like, you know, you know, you're like, oh, you're a skipper, get out. And so I'm like, people are trying to rush out. I'm trying to get the kids. His aunt's really not used to traveling like that. So I'm trying to help her. And I was like, there has to be a better way. And then I saw people with kids and I saw them have these little small strollers that they could just easily pick the kid up in the stroller and put them on the train. And I immediately researched like smallest, smallest stroller in the world. And no, literally. And then that's where I found the GB pocket. Like, okay, this is better um, to just have a small stroller, have the kid in the stroller, pick up the stroller and put the kid on the train. Okay. It's called GB pocket stroller. GB pocket stroller. Okay. So if anybody's out there who has two twins or kids, you know, GB Pocket Stroller is your savior. Yeah, it is. And and it co- it's single strollers, right? So it's not necessarily for twins, but we buy two of them. Okay. And it's easy to push together. Like you can just push both of them at the same time. I also bought contraptions on, Am- on Amazon where you can actually tie both of the strollers together and then push it as one as well. So I am most definitely into what contraptions or what tools help you travel smarter. So I have clear, I have (laughs) pre-check, I have the stroller, I have the harness so that I don't have to wear, you know, bring the car seats on the plane. Um, I also, if we're going to Milwaukee or we're going to Miami, where my husband's from, we already have car seats in those locations. So then we don't have to bring car seats with us. So it's really like, let's think through all the process that's stressful and how do we minimize that? So for me, I realized like going on the jet bridge was super stressful because it was, again, the same thing as the train. You have to take the kids out. You would have to have all the stuff with you. I'll have to fold up the car seat or fold up the stroller give it to the people to check like it was just too much for me personally so again with the gb stroller i literally roll those suckers on the plane take the kid out fold the stroller up and then just put it overhead and we sit down that's amazing that's amazing what is in your bag like what do you bring with you on the plane so when they were babies On the plane, I would make sure I had plenty of diapers. You do want to have enough diapers. (laughs) Plenty of diapers, um, coarse wipes. You want to have some um, like kind of either bottles. You either want to have bottles for, you know, for them to drink or you want to be able to breastfeed. So have your little cloth or if you just want to whip it out, whip it out. Do you? Or have like a pacifier because when they go up and down, it most definitely bothers their ears. So you want them to have something to suck on while the while you're taking off and while you're landing. Um, I also would have a change of clothes because at that time, spit up, poop, pee always happens. Like literally, I swear, like the first three trips, every time we would get to the airport, somebody had a blowout. Like literally. <laughs> Are y'all allergic to this place? Why does you have blowouts? So yeah, change of clothes most definitely necessary. Uh, from my research, I would get the the pet. You know, when you potty train a pet, those big old white thingies, I would have those. So you put that. 
on any like on the floor, you put it on the floor of the plane, if they don't have a changing table, or put it on top of the changing table, and then put your other little cushion that you usually have to change them on top of that. So then when like you are like taking their clothes off or taking something off, you have something clean to put their other stuff on. Um, So I learned that from another blog as well. So it's just small little things that you learn that you're like, this makes my life easier. And just start doing those or like this made my life harder. So I'm not, I'm not going to do this again. You don't take extra luggage with you, right? You just kind of stay with your stroller. You don't take like another thing that you're carrying. You just kind of focus on them. Cause I, I focus see- on them. And of course you have your, when they were younger, you have your baby bag, but that's where the yeah. diaper wipes and all of that. But I didn't bring extra luggage and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's crazy. When I see people do that, I'm like crazy. <laughs> much and now that they're older that they both have their own backpacks so I put all their junk in their backpacks so like now that they're this age you most definitely want snacks 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 did I say snacks as many snacks as you possibly can fit in your bag snacks entertainment like things that don't make noise but it's pretty entertainment so you can get the like window stickers to put the stickers on off what are the colors what are the letters what animal is it what sound does it make that stuff so you can have a game um with it they have like little um buckles where you can like learn how to match the different buckles it's called a buckle pillow on amazon and you can like match colors and figure out how the different buckles work so stuff and like um magnetic tiles so then they're different colors they're different shapes they can make different things out of them different stuff like that that small doesn't make a lot of noise and that you know they can have fun and do a variety of things so entertainment and snacks at like the toddler stage is most definitely important. Okay. And the magnetic thing is helpful too, because obviously just to keep it within you know, <laughs> the space, <laughs> it doesn't exactly. go flying somewhere. Unless they throw it, which yeah. <laughs> that's happened before. Yeah. But kids throw everything. And that's when you're just like, sorry. <laughs> oh gosh. I mean, it ha- it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. It happens at, you know, it happens everywhere at the restaurant or anywhere. So, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think is the most valuable thing that you've learned while traveling? I think the most valuable thing that I've learned is that people are more alike than you really realize, right? So, there's so much that is similar between us so to let these differences like separate us as much as they do is really ridiculous and that you know life is people who don't have a lot of stuff are happy so happiness has nothing to do with like what you have it's a set of mind and around the people I think it's also the people who you're around um yeah, just to be like appreciative. Like, I think that is the biggest, biggest teacher about appreciative and what maybe the American dream is, isn't necessarily a dream. I feel like with travel for me, what I've learned uh, is similar to what you're saying, which is that we value a lot of things here, literally things. Mm-hmm. And Yes, there's importance to that, you know, depending on your life, whatever. But when I travel, learning the importance of minimalism and then also 
just the connections that you have with people are way more valuable than all of the things. <laughs> so that's what creates memories, right? So like when like you'll see on my Instagram a lot that I post of like, you know, especially around Christmas, instead of the expensive gift, give your kid an experience, you know, let's normalize luxury, whatever that means to you. You don't have to break the bank, but that could be going to the beach. That could be walking the mountain stuff that you remember. And they're like true experiences. I think that's the the key. Isn't there a quote that says something like collect moments not things or collect experiences and not things exactly. I'm a high proponent of that like whenever people give me gifts I usually like things are fine you know there's some things that I need you know, especially since I'm you know a photographer and and whatnot like of course there's going to be stuff that I, I want but the best gifts that I love and people know this about me is giving me an experience so a trip somewhere archery like lessons or like rock climbing lessons I love all that stuff so it's like those are the ones that I get really really excited about <laughs> exactly it's like something new something different like I don't know and I, and I can be completely wrong but it's I it's hard to create memories at home doing my doing the same thing that I do day in and day out exactly, exactly. and maybe Maybe other people feel different, but it's very hard for me to create beautiful memories in my house, washing dishes, cleaning the clothes, wiping the floor, like the day-to-day -day stuff I have to do at home. It's very hard to create beautiful memories. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Those are the mundane things, you know? And so I don't know if that's right or wrong, but it, it, it is what it is. What? is your most favorite or most fulfilling moment during your travels? That is such a good question. That I, it's, it's so hard. There's so many, huh? <laughs> so yeah, it's so hard. Like most unique experience when traveling would be when we went to South Africa and stayed at Kruger National Park. Oh. And to see the animals in their natural habitat was was ridiculous, right? To be that close to like a real life lion. <laughs> and we literally followed him for like 30 minutes and he was like roaring and the echo of other roars and and our our I forgot what they call them, but basically our tour guide was like, oh, that that's a mating call. The the female lions are on the other side of the river, so they're trying to tell him where to go. And we literally followed him crossing <laughs> yes, to these this pack of female lions. It is mind blowing, and I don't know what's more mind blowing. That or that there's humans that can interact like the, I wish I remember the right name, not the tour guides. I forgot what they're called, but they're so well trained that they would get out of our, our open air vehicle and look in the sand or the dirt and be like, yes, a jaguar was here. He was here. It looks like he was here about 30 minutes ago. Let's go this way and look for the jaguar. Like, and I'm looking like. What what are you seeing, sir? What what do you see? <laughs> and that like and they would like get out and go into the bush looking for these wild animals. Wow. And 
the story they would tell, like, oh, yeah, we were, you know, because you, like, go out and you can, like, in the morning and at night, they'll set up a little food, like a little table for us to eat and have a little drink to watch the sunrise and the sunset. And so we just asked, like, has there ever been a time, you know, when an animal came out and you guys were sitting here, like, you know, and chilling, and what did you do? He's like, oh, yeah, like, I saw, like, was it a lion? No, it wasn't a lion. Couldn't have been a lion. It had to be, I can't remember what animal. Let me not lie. But he saw some animal, very dangerous animal, and he just yelled, everybody get in. And the animal came and flipped the table over and started <gasps> eating all the Eating all the food. That's terrifying. Also, also not going to lie, actually, that's very enticing to me. <laughs> but I was like, oh, my God, tell me more. What do? He's like, oh, yeah, I've been like face to face with a wild animal before. And I'm like, he's like, just don't show him you're scared. First of all, sir, how do I not show him that I'm scared? <laughs> because I am about to piss myself. Right? So... It's, I think that's probably the most unique experience that I'm just like, oh. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that would be a pretty fulfilling favorite moment. Following a lion to his mates, his female lions. That's amazing. That's amazing. Tell me your most meaningful person that you've met while you were traveling there's two things that come to mind. So one is my, so I travel for work and usually when I go to whatever country I am with an account manager that is from that country. Mm -hmm. So I went to India, like I said, and this time he invited me to come to his house and his mom and wife and family cooked me dinner and they showed me how they made like the different breads and the different foods. They dressed me in a sari. Oh it was just such, it was such an amazing experience where it was just like, yeah, it was just so cool to be in their house talking to them, having conversation, watching them cook, see how they live. And it was just such a genuine experience. Like I will, I will cherish that for forever. It was really just really, really nice. It's nice because they took you into their home and showed you a little bit of their life, showed you a little piece of their traditions and their home. Anybody who takes you into their home, especially when it's in a foreign country, is it's such a special experience because you're not going to get that staying, uh, you know, like staying at a hotel and then never leaving that hotel, you know? <laughs> and that was where I think was so unique. And I also did a um, an experience with in Cuba where we went to the, the, the Yoruba tradition, you know, the religion that they have. And we met with them at their house and we cooked food with them. They told us about the different gods that they worship. We met wow. not a priest, but whatever they call, you know, the pastor. We met with him and we just got to like chat about their life in Cuba. We had just left the revolution, Museo de Revolucion. And I'm like, this is what they say, right? This is what the museum said. Tell me if this is like real life for you. And so to get their real life perspective of what it is to live in Cuba, in their house, eating their food, it is just, it's an experience that 
uh, is that lasts for a lifetime. Just that that connectivity with humans um, and really learning their story. That is just so special to me. I love that. And yes, I can completely relate. I did something similar when I went to Cuba. I went and learned how to cook at someone's house. So <laughs> there you go. It's it's amazing. Such a cool experience. And it was such a simple meal, but just to see how they live and talk to them, they're interactive day in, day. It's just, it's, it's so, it's, anytime somebody opens their door to a stranger, their home where they live and their kids are, it's just very, very, very special. Because I don't know about <laughs> Right. Right. <laughs> like, you got to be someone cool. Like, I've had to have talk to you for a little bit for me to be like, come in to my home. <laughs> I love it. What are some tips and tricks you have for others who want to do what you want to do, traveling with a family? How do you prepare yourself? First, I would say know yourself, know what your um, pet peeves are, like things that just you don't like to do with travel anyway. So like, I know I am a minimalist. Um, I've become where I want to travel with less stuff. I don't like to be rushed in the sense of like trying to figure out a whole bunch of stuff at the same time. Um, so with that said, I like to, if I'm checking stuff, I want to check everything. I want the freedom to walk and explore and freely get through the airport. But like, I think my husband, he wouldn't care if he had six bags on him and trying to juggle the group at the same time. Like, like, you know, I know twin moms who carry both car seats on the plane. To each his own sis, because that's going to because they say that they swear by having their kids in their car seat because their kids are the most comfortable in their car seat. So then they can get in the car seat on the plane. They'll sit there, read a tap or read a book, watch a tablet and they'll be quiet the whole flight. Well, good for you. I will not be carrying two car seats on the plane. So I think it's a matter of like knowing what is for you personally. You can take everyone's expertise, what I'm saying, what other moms are saying, try it. It's just like anything else. People swear by, you know, Dr. Brown's bottles. Well, maybe your kid doesn't like Dr. Brown's bottles. It's the same thing. It's the same process with everything with mothering, you know, or parenting. You use this breast pump. It's the best. And you try it and it doesn't work for you. So try different things, see what works and do what works for you. But just be committed to it because the memories that you create are so amazing. Like saying this in the sense of going to Thailand, I, I will live with this memory for the rest of my life, going to an elephant, elephant sanctuary, baby wearing one of my boys while my husband wore the other one. And we're literally feeding elephants like, oh wow. And the boys are like elephants and pointing and trying to give them the, like those, are, those experiences will last for a lifetime. And I know people say, you know, when your kids are young, why do you travel with them? Cause they won't remember, but I will. And my memories count too. Like parenting is a relationship. So their memories count, but so do mine. And just imagine like if you're five or eight or nine and your parents show you a picture of like, this is you at, you know, one with elephants this is you at two doing this you're gonna be like wow done a lot right so that that would be my tip is just do it 
and you will learn what works for you. Like anything else with parenting, did you breastfeed before? No, you haven't because you haven't had kids. You'll figure it out. I love that you said that the whole like, because I've heard that over and over again. I've heard the, well, I mean, your kids aren't even going to remember going to this place. But you know what? You're absolutely right. Your memories count too. And I think- I think people forget that, that you're an individual as, as well when they become parents. They forget that, hey, me too. This is my experience in life as well. And it's important to remember and honor that along with your kids. So, yes, I, I, I've, you know, I've never heard that perspective. So thank you for sharing that. And I think that's important for moms and for parents and dads to hear It's most definitely important because, you know, you'll get caught up with these late nights and early mornings and not remembering the day it is and how many diapers you've changed through the day and having these beautiful memories to look back at helps you just enjoy the process, right? And then you get to see the world from their new fresh eyes. Like my kids love the jet bridge love it. Who loves a jet bridge? But it just, it, it, the excitement and the joy that they get from it, it's just like, it makes you just appreciative of a lot more things, I would say. What is your favorite family-friendly place to travel and why? Chiang Mai. <laughs> <laughs> you keep coming back to that one. Love Shang Mai. I want to move there. Uh, Shang Mai, I said, was very family-friendly just because, you know, Um, Bangkok is ridiculous with the amount of people and everybody in the street so that's it's just hard to maneuver but like if you're near Ninaman Road there is enough Airbnbs and whatnot to make it feel as if you're a part of the community like where we stay so we walked for breakfast and you know the the people there (laughs) washed their clothes and had breakfast there for you and they were just so friendly it was just really just like chilled very just like I could live here. Like this is this is good life. Like not super fast paced. And then there was stuff for them to do in the sense of just even going. You don't think of a temple as like really kid friendly, but all of the different colors and the different things they get to see. Like I think you can make. Can you repeat that again? And the different things they get to see. Yeah, all the different colors and the different things that kids get to see. I think anything can be kid friendly. One of my mentors that I like to call her, her name's the traveling child. She says, if kids live there, then kids can go there. So every location has things that are open for children. And some people just appreciate family a little more than others. And I think the Thai community does a great job in just showing love and appreciation for family and people. I love that. Do you have any tips and tricks about this place that you love so much? Uh, And actually, I'm very curious, what type of places do you like to stay when you are traveling with your kids? Do you like to stay at an Airbnb? Do you like to stay at a hotel? Do you camp? Do you, (laughs) you know, I want to know. We normally do an Airbnb, um, especially because you just need more space for them to run and be crazy. Um, And then also for you to have a washer and dryer so then you can pack less. Very helpful. 
I love yeah. that. It, and then like they always wanted snack, 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 snack. So like, so you can have all the snacks, make something really quick for breakfast if you need to. <laughs> like literally my kids woke up this morning like snack, mommy, snack. I'm like, dude, you guys woke up two minutes ago. Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you can have something quick for that you can make, you know, some food with. The good thing about both Europe and Asia is that they do have like the hot water maker, electronic hot water. So even if at the hotel, so even if um, you don't have an Airbnb, you can always make oatmeal or something like that, just adding the hot water or noodles and stuff like that. So I would say you could do a nice hotel um, in, in Europe or at Europe, some hotels is way too small. I know it's really small. Those rooms are too small. So you can do a, ho- a hotel in, in Asia because they usually have a lot more space, especially the American style ones. And then they have the hot water and you can do all of that there. I went to Paris. <sighs> I was like, please, what, am I on a cruise? Am I on a cruise? It feels like I'm on a cruise. Like, I hate this. Like, it's too tight. <laughs> Like, like, does all of our luggage fit in here, Anna's? <laughs> I can't even imagine with kids. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> so any other tips and tricks about Chiang Mai? Um, no, like, <laughs> even with the tuk-tuk. So Chiang Mai does the, the truck-style tuk-tuk, so they're a lot bigger. I literally just picked up those GB pocket strollers, put those boys right into the back of the tuk-tuk, put the brake lock, and we rolled down them Chiang Mai streets. It was perfect. Perfect. Did you have any favorite food or restaurants or anything in that area? And also, what um, which temple did you go to? We went, so, oh my God, I'm horrible with names. Um, so we... Um, so food, the Chiang Mai noodles are so good. It's very nice and savory. So the like the different sauces that they put on it, it's just extremely delicious. Um, and I like honestly, you can't go wrong with. I don't think we had a bad meal in in Chiang Mai, like at all. The food was just so good. Even like the pizza and the sushi was good. They just do a really, really good job with food there. So I think anything you order, you would love, especially if you like noodles, rice, and sauce. They have a. It's very flavorful. So if you like flavor, that would be the. Do you do any street food or no? Do you go to an actual restaurant? Because there's a lot of street food there. Most of it was at a restaurant just because it's hard to eat street food with two with- kids. We did go to the night bazaar and probably grabbed a little something, just like a little snack. But we ate at a restaurant. Okay, good to know. Because I didn't know if you were like going out there and taking that risk, <laughs> you know? So like... Even when we were in Bangkok, you know, we got some Pad Thai noodles or something like that. My husband and try a little and maybe give them a noodle or two. But we normally, even then, we sat down at a restaurant to eat, eat. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Um, So the two temples, I just put it up. One was the uh, Wat Do (laughs) Suthep, if I said that right. Um, That is the temple that is on top of the hill. So they'll drive you up this mountain or hill, more hills, um, and you get to see the beautiful view of the city. And you take either climb all of these stairs, I think over 300 stairs you have to climb. That's how high it is after you drive up the mountain. 
foothill. You have to climb 300 stairs or you can take a cool little uh, tram that takes you to the top of it. So obviously with two one-year-olds, we did a tram, but it was really cool. Like you get to see the details, all the gold and then, you know, the elephants that they have, even the monks, the monks were out and walking around. So that was pretty cool. And then we went to the Wat Chedi Luang. That is the one that's actually downtown in the middle of the old city. So that one's not as well kept up as the other one, but it's very unique. And there is where you can actually sit down and have conversations with monks and ask them wow. questions. Wow. So like the one guys was saying that he became a monk at 10 years old. Wow. Yeah, and he says that he does still see his family every now and again for like a holiday or whatnot, but he just knew that he wanted to be a monk. And there's a calling and you usually know at a young age. Wow. What is the one interesting item that you take with you when you travel or something that you purchase every time you travel? I always travel with a backpack, especially as a mom, because you don't have hands. So you can't be worried about this purse slipping off of your shoulder, trying to keep it up, the kid hanging on it. Like with a backpack or a fanny pack, it is always on you and it stays in place. And then it's also um, very, uh, it's a lot more safe, I believe, than people can't like just pickpocket you, especially with a fanny pack, right? Like you're almost on top of my vagina. I feel you. So... <laughs> Ain't nobody going to go there, okay? Hopefully. <laughs> exactly. So that is, you, that is always. I always either have a fanny pack or a backpack if I'm out and about and trying to explore. I always have a fanny pack when I travel just because it's so easy. It's right here. And you know it's safe and no one's going to get at it. So like, try to get at it if you want to. I know. I'm going to kick you first, though. <laughs> <laughs> that jersey will come out real fast. <laughs> okay, so we're almost to the end. But is there a piece of a life advice you can give to a younger you? So, so funny. When I was young, I wanted to do like international business, but I really didn't have a plan. Like I, that so they didn't offer international business where I went to school. So I um, did minors in Spanish and Japanese to make like, so it can make me look good. Like, yeah, I like other cultures and languages. Um, and the first two jobs I had were very, very corporate, both for Kimberly Clark and Kellogg at their headquarters, no international. And then I got married. My husband lived in New Orleans at the time. And I lived in um, Battle Creek, Michigan at Kellogg at the time. And a random position came available to work for a conveyor manufacturer, a global conveyor manufacturer, which would allow me to travel the world and sell. And I'm just like, it's full circle. So I would say to my younger self, be patient. The, the things you may not see how it's going to work out at the end or how any of this makes sense, but be patient. It will all come together. It will all, it would all make sense one day. You get to do what you want. I love that. And lucky you. That's an amazing, amazing opportunity. You get to travel for work. That's like a dream job. That's amazing. It is. It amazing. is so such a great opportunity. And so that is why I started Marquita's Travels, my blog and Instagram, because once I got pregnant with my twins, people were like, girl, now you're pregnant with them twins. You ain't going to be able to travel. You're going to have to get a new job. You can't do that. And I'm just like, 
first of all, you don't know who you're talking to. You do not tell me what I cannot do. So challenge accepted. I will figure out how to travel with my boy. So that's when at four months, I'm like, let's start. Let's go to Milwaukee. Oh, that was easy. Let's go to Puerto Rico. Oh, that was easy. Let's go to Pierre. Like, you know, where it's like, okay, let's figure this out because I am not going to sit still and not do what I love just because I have kids. Like, you can do both. Like, I'm not even pregnant yet. And people are like, you know, you can't travel anymore. And I was like, you don't know who I am. (laughs) Who asked you? Who asked you? For your opinion on what I'm going to be able to do once I have kids. The choices that you made are the choices you made with your children. That doesn't mean that I can't do it. So can you sit, have a seat and stop giving unsolicited, unsolicited favors or information? Like nobody asked you. Have a seat. Exactly. Say that again about kids. So I had the amazing privilege to travel the world. For my job. And once I got pregnant with my twins, people continued to say, girl, once you have them twins, you ain't going to be able to travel anymore. And it was devastating at first. And then I took it as a challenge to say, I am going to do what I want to do and what I love to do, which is travel and figure out how to do both. You can travel with kids and still be an awesome mom and or parent. And how many places have your kids traveled? They have been to five. They've been to five um, different countries and probably on 25 different trips, probably 10 different states. Thank you. I love hearing that. Thank you for that inspiration. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Just going to say. My pleasure. Do it. They love it too. They love to travel. My boys love to travel. I love that. All right. Last question. Where can we find you and your amazing, inspiring self? Okay. So you can find me at Marquitas Travel. So M A R Q U I T A S Travels with the S T R A V E L S. Both Marquitas Travels.com and Marquitas Travels on Instagram. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on the Roaming the Earth podcast, stories and adventures of people who are jet setters, nomads, and explorers. This is Drea Castro signing off. Join us again next time. Stay wild. If you're interested in hearing more stories from around the globe, don't forget to subscribe, share it to your friends. And follow me on Instagram on I'm Roaming the Earth.